It's unnecessary roughness. Josh Jacobs, the lone tailback. Carr, looked like he bobbled the snap. Throws the slant. It's caught. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He bobbled the snap, got it off anyway. And for the second straight week, Devontae Adams has a silver and black touchdown. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Just one of Devontae Adams' 14 touchdowns that he had on the 2022 season, his first season with the silver and black. You hear Jason Horowitz on the call there. Welcome in and welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Normally, I'm in the home studio, but not today. This weekend here in Las Vegas is going to be fantastic. So today... This show comes to you. It generates live from the Cox Pavilion on uh, the campus of UNLV. This was just a couple days ago. It was the site of Summer League action was going on here in the Cox Pavilion. This is actually also the location where I played in the celebrity basketball game, and I say played very loosely. Only a couple minutes. <laughs> I did not play. I did not log a lot of minutes for that celebrity basketball game, but I was here, and I played, and we had a lot of fun, but this was just the site of Summer League just a couple days ago, and now it has been transformed. Now it is the site and the home for Slam Ball. Slam Ball is returning uh, after a long hiatus. It's been gone for a while. It is back. We had Mason on just the other day, who is uh, a founding father of this of Slam Ball and excited about the return of it, and it will get underway. The season will get underway tomorrow right here in the Cox Pavilion. Matter of fact, if you're in town or you're coming to town and you're like, man, Q, I've been hearing about this slam ball and I want to check it out for myself, you could do that. Just go to uh, unlv.com slash tickets, uh, unlvtickets.com. You can go to there and then you can also uh, search slam ball and you can get your tickets right now available. Uh, they'll have games playing all day tomorrow. Um, matter of fact, myself and Lil Q think, I think we'll make our appearance here tomorrow around 6 o'clock for the evening games because we do have – uh, the Azilo Ultra Pool and Lounge that we'll be at inside the Sahara Las Vegas. Uh, this show will generate from there tomorrow from 2 to 5. So, of course, got to get a little pool action. Then after the pool action, we'll make a beeline over here to the Cox Pavilion to check out some slam ball action. And I'll tell you right now, this is something that you want to be a part of. We talked to Mason earlier this week, and I was pretty excited by just the description of it, what he was talking about. I remember slam ball from back in the day, but I don't remember slam ball like I was up close and personal with it. Today, myself and Lil Q, we've been here since about, I don't know, 9.30 this morning. And uh, we've been checking out. They're doing, they're going through exhibitions, as you can hear them in the background right now. They're just kind of getting their fine-tuning. They had some practices, and they're doing their fine-tuning, almost their, uh, you know, their, their final, their final run-through before the season gets started tomorrow. So we've seen some action. <laughs> I could just say it like that. We've seen some action. We've seen some really good, uh, fun, entertaining hoop action. We've seen some of uh, the physicality that is slam ball. Uh, saw a guy that may or may not have got his tooth knocked out, and there may or may not have been a brouhaha that followed. But it ain't wrestling, so it's all real, right? I mean, there's some that love the action of wrestling. This is almost, I mean, well, as Mason described it, football, basketball combined at one. You're jumping off of trampolines, and there was some strategy involved in this. And, I mean, I'll tell you, me and Lil Q were watching earlier, and I don't know the, the gentleman's name. I'll have to find out who it was. But uh, this guy was playing defense for the most, the majority of the the game while we were watching. We uh, we had to do move a little, do a little moving and shaking around here at the Cox Pavilion as well. But while we were watching the game, I want to say this guy had about six or seven blocks. I mean, every time that someone kind of tried to 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 go at him and, and dunk it on him or whatever the case may be, he just blocked it. Get that blank out of here. Get that blank out of here. I mean, it just time after time after time to the point where Low Q just started laughing. <laughs> 
<laughs> he just, every time he did, someone went to dunk it on him, he just laughed. Like, oh, that's not going to happen. This dude was phenomenal. Uh, so these guys are, you want to talk about some uh, uh, really well-shaped as far as being in great shape. We know training camp just uh, opened up for, for the rookies, for the Raiders. At least they reported the camp today. And the, 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 the job and what they're trying to do is they're trying to get in shape for the upcoming season. These guys are in tip-top shape. Right. And uh, it's funny. I saw Mason earlier and I, I was talking to him and thanked him for coming on the radio the other day. And he said, oh, hey, you know, you and uh, Lil Q want to go ahead and get on the trampoline and, and go ahead and try it out. Go for it. And I was like, oh, no, my brother. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I might have been bold a couple days ago when uh, we were talking to him and I might have been talking a little froggy yesterday. Like, oh, yeah, I'll go get on the trampoline. Why not? Not a big deal. I'm a I'm a well-oiled machine when it comes to athlete. Oh, no. Oh, no. I would not disrespect this game like that. Uh, these guys are intense. These guys go at it, and the one thing I can tell you is it is not as easy as it may look on TV. Up close and personal, seeing the way that these guys have to have their balance when they're jumping 18, 20 feet in the air, it's incredible. These one-on-ones like going on right now, hold on, he goes up and, oh, windmill and makes it. Ooh, that was just a one-on-one mano-a-mano, like, hey, you block me, I'm going to dunk on you, and, well, dunk on you just happened. So, man, great, uh, nice little great background to be at and do a show here on Unnecessary Roughness, Rare Nation Radio 920. So we're here at the Cox Pavilion. We'll be here throughout the course of the show. And I will give you a little bit of programming note for the show. Normally we go 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific time. We'll go 2 to about 3.45 today. The reason for that is the aviators were rained out last night, so there's a doubleheader. So unfortunately, uh, well, it's actually really good timing because this, uh, this exhibition and everything that they got going on here at the Cox Pavilion is going to get wrapped up at 4. Our show is going to get wrapped up about 3.45. So, I mean, I guess it kind of works out pretty well, but because the aviators have a, have a, a, a doubleheader, they got to start a little bit early. So we're gonna, our show is going to get wrapped up here, but we're going to have a lot of fun while we're here with you for the next couple hours on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Of course, we do have some guests that we have lined up for the show today. Vinny Bonsignor, we normally have him on Thursdays. He'll join us at 2.30. He put out a piece in the RJ about the rookies, and I want to talk about the rookies as they did report to, uh, to training camp today. The veterans will report on the 25th, and the first day of actual practice practice will be on the 26th. So I believe that we'll be out there starting on the 25th uh, to have a little bit of media session, maybe talk to coach, talk to a couple players that are made available, but the actual first day of practice won't be until the 26th that'll be the first time that we actually get to see and put our own eyeballs on these players as they start to put it all together for the upcoming 2023 season so it's a good time to have a good time Vinny Bonsignor will join us at three o'clock our normal Tuesday guest at three o'clock is John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston he was on vacation but he is back so he's going to join us today at his normal time three o'clock so John McClain will talk all things NFL with us at three and I'm sure one of the big subjects we'll talk about is the fact that that was almost a nice little dunk <laughs> little Q almost jumped out of his seat he's sitting down next to me and he almost jumped out of his seat seeing this almost dunk it was an almost windmill it was Man, it looked pretty fancy, but it was, uh, it, it, was, it was no good. So there's that. So you'll probably get those um, throughout the course of the show today where I just all of a sudden I'm in a mid-talk, and then all of a sudden I have to jump to something else real quick because I just witnessed something. So that's going to happen. But the sale of the Washington Commanders is official like a referee's whistle. You know, the Josh Harris company now have it. All the owners unanimously voted uh, to approve the sale. So Daniel Snyder is out after 24 years, and so that'll be one of the big subjects we talked uh, to John McClain about. Also, yesterday we talked to Shereen Williams, asked her about uh, Lester Hayes and the fact that he's a semifinalist for the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, from the Seniors Committee. And I want to ask John. John's a, a Hall of Fame voter, so I'm definitely going to ask him what his thoughts are. Does he think that Lester Hayes has an opportunity in 2024 
to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and especially uh, when it talks about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, just love to see all the greatness that is in there, and of course, would love to see Lester Hayes be put in there. So all things NFL with John McClain coming up at 3, Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, and also while we're here in the meantime, in between time, uh, we'll have somebody or a couple people that are participating, maybe players, coaches, maybe Mason will jump on again just to talk about what's going on here uh, tomorrow, help you get your tickets, because again, this slam ball activity, this uh, season that's getting underway tomorrow, I think is going to be a whole lot of fun, and I think you're going to want to be a part of it, so we'll, we'll have someone live here at the table as well. I got Little Q by my side, he's checking out the action, he's been... <laughs> He's been up all morning. All right, he's on summer. He's on summertime for him, right? So you know, he goes to bed late, gets up super, you know, super late, whatever. You know, he's on his own time. He ain't got no, you know, he ain't got nowhere to be at no certain specific time. So early this morning, because like I said, we've been here since about nine thirty. I get up every morning about five thirty. So uh, around nine o'clock, maybe eight forty-five. All of a sudden, I start banging on the door. Hey, man. Hey man, you gonna go slam ball with me? <laughs> so he, he rolled out of bed. He, he no, no, he didn't <laughs> throw no pillow out of, at me, but he did roll out of bed. Kind of rolled his eyes like, yeah, here I come, here I come, and uh, thought that maybe I was gonna have to take him to the house and, and let him go ahead and, and lay it on down. He's like, I got you, I'm, I'm with you. So uh, he's rocking with me here as well. I, was, I will say we were here earlier, and a guy walked by us and was like, Hey, you trying to get your son involved in this? And we're like, No. <laughs> Not at all. No, he is not trying to go out there and do anything with these trampolines. I'm not trying to go out there and do anything with these trampolines. We're going to leave that to the professionals, and I'm sure his coach at Western Oregon wouldn't uh, want me to have him out here anyway. You know, you know how players having their contracts where they can't go out and have uh, some kind of activities that can hurt them or something? I can only imagine all of a sudden I tweet out a video or something, a little cue jumping off these trampolines. I can imagine his coach losing his mind, calling me on like speed dial. Q, what are you doing? What are you doing with point guard one? Don't do that. <laughs> get well, get him off that he, court. <laughs> I don't think he'd be that nice about it. No, no, he, he wouldn't say it expletives. that nicely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I got to keep it clean for the radio, Ari. This is a family show. Yes, you do. <laughs> so, yes, it is. So there's that. But, uh, yeah, man, got a lot to get to on today's show. Like I said, uh, very excited about what we got. Uh, just got a lot going on and uh, excited about it, even though it's a short amount of time, shorter than normal. But uh, it's all good. We're going to get it done. Again, Vinny Boston, you are 230. John McClain coming up at 3. Of course, we want to hear from you in the meantime. In between time, it's 702-365-9200. And also the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. It's funny, man, already getting a bunch of text messages. We already got like four or five text messages uh, already, and we're only 10 minutes into the show. So we'll get to those in just a little bit. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So again, the rookies reported to camp today. Everything will get underway on the 26th. That will be the first day of practice. So I want to focus in on the rookies, right? We've talked a lot about Josh Jacobs. We've talked a lot about Max Crosby. We've talked a, a lot about the offensive, defensive side of things. But now I really want to focus in on the rookies because they are the ones that showed up to, to camp today. Those are the ones that the Raiders tweeted out. They, they had them rolling into the facility. So, I mean, it's all eyes on them right now. They're getting uh, everything that they need. They're getting acclimated. I'm sure they're finding where their lockers are. I'm sure they're getting their jerseys. And, you know, it's almost like the first day of school, right, meeting all your, uh, your new classmates and, and your new teammates, and then you go from there. So just want to focus on them. So I, I'll throw the question out there, and I'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200 and the Don't Be Broke.com text sign is 69187, keyword R&R. What rookies are you most intrigued by and why? Who are you most excited to see how they develop? 
you know, guys that you think may be able to contribute to the Raiders, you know, early. Guys that may be able to get out there week one against Denver. Guys that may be big-time contributors sometime this season. Who intrigues you the most? I actually have a few. I'm really only looking for one or two. I cheated and have like three or four. But that's okay because, well, that's just how I roll at times. But I'm going to start off, and it's funny, the way, I, the way I have it listed, I have it listed fifth round, third round, second round. That's how I have it listed instead of second round, third round, fifth round because that's really my intrigue level. Chris Smith, the fifth-round pick, safety out of Georgia. He's the number one guy I'm intrigued by. I just think that the Raiders really need someone at that back end of the defense to be that guy, to be that eraser, to be – I always like to think about Earl Thomas when the Legion of Boom was really good in Seattle. They need someone to be that guy that can roam that, that center field and, and, and clean up others' mistakes or sniff out someone else's mistake and be able to go make a play on the ball. Chris Smith has been able to do that as a back-to-back -back national champion at the University of Georgia. Can that game translate to the next level? And I know you probably look at it and say, well, he's a fifth-round pick, Hugh. What are your expectations? I don't care where you came from. Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick, <laughs> right? I mean, I really don't care. Max Crosby was a fourth-round pick. Hunter Renfro was a fifth-round pick. I don't care what round you came from. I just want to see production. And I do think that Chris Smith and, and Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, Pat Graham, they've all said it, and I think it's the ultimate compliment. He's a young, young Jerron Harmon. And Deron Harmon, you go back and look at throughout the course of his career, and obviously you saw what he did with the Raiders last season. He's a guy that makes up for maybe not being the most athletic dude by being a smart dude, being able to study film, understand how plays are developing and where they're supposed to develop at, where the, the end-all, be-all goal is at, where they should be. And that's how he goes and makes plays. So Chris Smith is actually the number one guy, as far as rookies, that I'm intrigued by. So when we're out there at practice, I want to locate Chris Smith. I want to see what he does. I think that Trayvon Merrick, even though I'm a fan of Trayvon Merrick, liked him a lot when he was at TCU, I think that he's going to have his work cut out for him. Not saying that, you know, he's going to just get cut, but, you know, you got 90 guys in camp and you have a 53-man roster. So I think that Chris Smith is going to give that safety room a run for their money. Like I said, he might not be a guy that gets into action. Whoa, hey, that was loud. Uh, action to start the season. But he, at some point, I do believe, will be in, in that starting lineup some, some point this season. I just don't know when. But Chris Smith is a guy that I'm very intrigued by, the fifth-round pick out of Georgia. The number two guy that I'm intrigued by, also on the defensive side of things, Byron Young, third-round defensive tackle out of Alabama, a guy that has been normally just a run stuffer, done really well, has played a lot of games, Took advantage of the COVID years, played a lot of games in college. All of a sudden, last year, it kind of clicked, and he was able to get to the quarterback. So he went from being able to stop the run to being able to stop the run and get to the quarterback. We all know that the Raiders need some help in the interior. I'm not saying he's going to go and start and he's going to take anyone's job, but I heard JT before the show get wrapped up, before his show wrapped up, talking about being part of that rotation. If Byron Young could be a big part of that rotation, you know, even if he's on the second line of defense, but he's in there, I think that, that can go a long way. So Byron Young, and, and, you know, I think you'll you'll learn a lot about him during preseason and training camp because he is a rookie, and I do expect to see him get more burn than a guy like a Bilal Nichols, right, or a Jerry Tillery, guys that they kind of know what they're already they're, they're going to bring to the table. I think a Byron Young is going to get an opportunity to really, you know, push people in training camp. And that's what it's all about. That's what training camp is about. It's about competition. The more competition you have, the better. So Byron Young is my second guy that I'm intrigued by, third-round defensive tackle out of Alabama. And my third guy, I will flip over to the offensive side of things, 
Tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I don't know what his numbers are going to look like. I don't even have any kind of project- projections for his number. Like, oh, he's going to have 65 catches and 800 yards. Like, I don't, I don't know. But the one thing I do expect him to do is thrive in the red zone, something that the Raiders have really struggled with. I think you add another weapon in the, in the red zone, all of a sudden you're cooking with grease, right? You have Devontae, who we heard that coming in. We heard Devontae's touchdown. That was just a quick, simple pass to him in the red zone, and he scored. We know what Hunter Renfro could do in the, in the red zone. I mean, hell, I'm here at the hoop court, you know, watching slam ball, and I look at Hunter Renfro when he's out there shaking folks up. It's almost like a point guard, right, doing a little razzle-dazzle, and then all of a sudden he's open. That, he could do that in the red zone. Jacoby Myers, I like his height. And Jimmy G, we know he's good in the red zone as far as getting the ball to the playmakers. I think Michael Mayer is going to have a lot to say about that. So that's the third guy. And I'm actually surprised that the Raiders were able to get him in round two. I thought he was a first-round pick. But this, this uh, tight end class that, that came in out this year was so super deep. So the Raiders were able to trade up in the top end of the second, second round and pick up the young man out of, out of Notre Dame, Michael Mayer. So that's the third guy. And then I told you I had four. And I told you I cheated a little bit, and that's okay. That's what I do, right? Every once in a while, you got to just, you know, you got to make up your own rules. Like my mom always says, you make up your own rules while you go along. Sometimes you make up your own rules. That's what I'm going to do. And this is, and I'm intrigued by this guy because everyone's been talking about him, but I don't know, I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. But I'm intrigued because everyone else has been talking about him. So I want to see. It's one of those where I just want to see what the hype is about. And that's undrafted free agent Drake Thomas, the linebacker out of NC State. I've identified the linebacking room as one of those that I think is, is the weak link of the team right now. You know, there's no other way for me to put it. But a lot of people are intrigued by Drake Thomas and think that the Raiders got a good guy as an undrafted free agent that may be a little bit undersized, but he can go. So that's why I have four, because he was an undrafted free agent. And, look, he's still a rookie. You know, they got a couple offensive linemen, like McClendon Curtis, right, Dalton Wagner. They got those, those tackles as undrafted free agents. So those could be guys that you're intrigued by. But the undrafted free agent that I'm looking at, Drake Thomas, the linebacker at NC State. So those are the guys that I'm most intrigued by. I want to see how they develop. How quickly can they contribute to this Raiders team? Chris Smith, fifth-round pick out of Georgia. Byron Young, third-round pick out of Bama. Michael Mayer, second-round pick out of Notre Dame. And undrafted free agent Drake Thomas, linebacker out of NC State. So what says you? Right? I rolled out mine. Let me know yours. 702-365-9200. Don'tBeBroke.com. Text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What rookies are you most intrigued by? Or you're excited to see how they develop, who you think can help the Raiders contribute sooner rather than later. Sir Whiskey Ray said on the don'tbebroke.com text line, Happy Thursday, gentlemen. Love today's topic. And this is an easy answer for me. Who intrigues me the most? Our first-round pick, Tyree Wilson. Will he step up immediately as a blue-chip pick in 2023 and be that second alpha dog that we need? The sky is the limit for this kid. I sure hope he makes an immediate impact for our Raiders here in 2023 and beyond. Thanks as always, gentlemen. I can't wait to see Tyree roam around on defense. Again, that's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, I'm intrigued by him too. Great answer. You know, and I, I think that that is a, a pretty easy answer because he is the first-round pick, right, number seven overall. I mean, you always want to see a lot from him. But I'm expecting a lot from him. I just don't know if he's going to have get, provide a lot immediately. Right, I kind of look back at him, and I could be totally wrong. This is just a gut feeling. I look at him and feel like he's the long play. And, and what I mean by that is, you remember when Khalil Mack came into the league, what he was able to do his first year. I think he had, what, four sacks? And then all of a sudden he had, what, ten the second season? Whatever the case may be. I kind of look at it like he's going he's gonna to grow that way, a little bit slow the first year. But you're going to see that, okay, this guy's got, got some goods. And he's going to be able to learn a lot from Max and really learn a lot from Chandler Jones. 
I still think Chandler Jones is going to have to contribute a lot more than he did his first year with the Raiders. I, I really do. Like four and a half sacks is not going to get it done in, in year number two. And, and I'm, I'm interested to see how Chandler Jones bounces back. But I think Tyree Wilson is the, is the long play. That's why I didn't put him on my list. But the guys that I mentioned, Chris Smith, Byron Young, Michael Mayer, I think they have immediate impacts on this Raiders team. But, of course, if Tyree Wilson could do like Max Crosby did his, his first year and have, you know, double-digit sacks or close to it, oh, well, hold on. Now you're cooking with grease. Now you're talking about a guy who might be rookie defensive rookie of the year, right? So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to like, and I do believe Tyree Wilson is just starting to scratch the surface. I don't even think we've really seen who he can uh, be, even in college. He's, he's just, again, like I said, just scratching the surface of what he could be. So uh, thank you so much, Sir Whiskey Ray, for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, up next, Mailman Raider, Q. Obviously, I'm excited about Wilson and Mayer, but I'm going to go with Trey Tucker. I don't know how much burn he's going to get, but when he's on the field, we got to get that, we get that deep threat that, in my opinion, we desperately needed last year. You can't teach speed. So Trey Tucker is the guy that he's uh, looking at. And I'll say this. I, I'm interested to see how they use Trey Tucker. Right? I don't know how much they're going to use him offensively year one, but I think that they're, they're going to find a way to use that speed some way, somehow. Right, Kick return, punt return, whatever the case may be, maybe some jet sweeps, but just get the ball in his hands because, as you mentioned, you can't teach speed. You just can't. You either have it or you don't. And Trey Tucker has speed, speed, and, oh, by the way, some more speed. Right, He's, he's got speed in his sleep. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's just something that I do believe that Josh McDaniels can, uh, you know, involve in the offense or special teams or something, get him involved in the team. So Trey Tucker for Mailman Raider is uh, who he's intrigued by. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? We got another one. Jim from Yonkers. Dobybroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R. Byron Young. I have seen grades from D-plus to A-minus. <laughs> I think he's very ready to play day one. If he can play the way I think he will uh, will be, he could be a game changer. It will affect the rest of defense. Trey Tucker could be a difference maker on punt returns. We have not had these two positions filled by players that can produce at a high level in a very long time. Thank you for a great show. That's Jim from Yonkers. And, man, isn't that, isn't that uh, those grades totally different, right, D-plus to A-minus? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's not even in the same – that's barely in the same classroom, right? How, how does one person have a, a D-plus grade and someone else has an A-minus? That just kind of lets you know that we really have no idea about the draft and, and what to expect from certain players, and we think that we know, and we really don't know, <laughs> right? And, and someone gave Byron Young a D-plus and someone gave him an A-minus. I mean, that's, that is a super range. Sometimes you see, oh, okay, I see a B or an A. Maybe a C plus. Okay, I can see that, but there is no way you go from a D plus to an A minus. You can't make that mistake unless you're talking about someone else. And the only way you can make that mistake is if you you look at little Q's grades and you give them to me, <laughs> right? And, and and you looked at my grades and gave them to him or something. You know what I mean? Like that's the only way that that can happen. <laughs> like if I get some, a, a D plus on my report card and an A, I'll be like, oh yeah, this A wasn't meant for me. <laughs> this this A was meant for the other Q Myers, not this guy, right? That's the only way that that could happen. That's funny. But, uh, Jim, thanks so much. And uh, you heard my thoughts on Byron Young and what Mailman Raider had to say about Trey Tucker, and uh, I agree with that as well. Uh, let's see. We got one more text, and then we'll take a break. And, of course, you can uh, chime in at any time, especially when we don't have a guest. You can call in at 702-365-9200 or the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword R&R, &R. and this one is coming from Nodak Raider. He says, hey, Q, 
When EJ from that podcast that talked Raiders mentioned to you last week on his podcast that Jacorian Bennett was going to be a nickel corner, I thought the plan was to be an outside corner. Since we have Hobbs and Hall at nickel, wouldn't it be best that Bennett develop outside? Worried we don't have anyone in serious development at corner. Everyone else appears to be Reynolds. Love to hear what you think, you and Vinny think. That's from Nodak Raider. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. And, yeah, it's funny. I didn't ask EJ about that, but it did catch my attention when he said uh, Jacorian Bennett in the slot. And I know he's not the biggest guy. But what I saw at mandatory minicamp was he was outside, right? And, I, and like you said, uh, Hall, I believe, is going to compete for the slot. I believe Hobbs is going to compete. You know, from everything that we're hearing, Marcus Peters is, is going to be signed sooner rather than later. And we'll ask Vinny because Vinny's coming up next. But we'll ask him his thoughts on, on Marcus Peters. We'll ask him his thoughts on Ja'Cory and Bennett, where he thinks he could po- po- possibly play, what he thinks the Raiders' plan with Ja'Cory and Bennett is going to d- be. And, uh, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about that. But I did notice that when EJ mentioned that, uh, and that was EJ Snyder who was uh, breaking down h- him and his partner uh, from uh, bootlegfootballpodcast.com. They were on the show, or he was on the show last week talking about all things Raiders. He did a really good job breaking down the, the Raiders, breaking down the AFC West. I mean, they-, they just went through team by team kind of a summer series because that's what we do in the summer. And they did a fantastic job when it came to the Raiders and, and all the breakdowns. So, uh, yeah, we'll-, we'll get to Vinny. I'll write that question down. Uh, like I said, we'll ask him when he comes up, and he'll be coming up in a matter of minutes. Here we go, one-on-one. Ooh, he missed it. woo He took off. I want to say that it probably looked like he took off from about the free throw line and was up there in the, in the sky, and it was the sky, <laughs> and cocked that ball back and tried to bring down the hammer, but he missed it. Uh, the guy playing defense had a little something-something to say about that. Again, a little slam ball action, a little exhibition game going on. The real deal gets underway tomorrow here at the Cox Pavilion. You want to get your tickets. You want to take your family. You want to go get out of the heat. If you were here for Summer League last week, you know that it's great, great atmosphere, great action, intimate setting. So you, there's not a bad seat in the house. We're sitting on the very last row. Like, you can't get any further back. We're all the way up, and we're still up close and personal with the action right here in the Cox Pavilion. So unlvtickets.com slash slamball. Uh, you can go get your tickets right now. Be a part of the action. This is really a lot of fun. Of course, we'll let you know more about that later on in the show. But coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Of course, the morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920 as well. He'll talk all things silver and black, and we'll talk about those rookies that are in camp now. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Second and five. Tannehill steps and fires and it's intercepted! It's Marcus Peters who makes the play for the Ravens! The ball was tipped at the line, a scrimmage fluttered, and it's Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. And it's time to go inside the huddle with Vinny Monsignor. Sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group. And welcome back to the Cox Pavilion. Slam ball action is going on. This is just a little exhibitions, little final run through before the season actually gets underway tomorrow. You can get your tickets now. I'll let you know about that, how to do it in just a little bit. But join us now on the phone lines from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Of course, the morning tailgate as well as our good friend Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, you heard that Marcus Peters highlight coming in and uh, making plays for the Ravens. Could Marcus Peters soon be making plays for the Silver and Black? 
Uh, I would say yes. Um, it hasn't, you know, obviously happened, and you know, uh, uh, until until he signs signs on the dotted line, there's always, you know, uh, the the possibility that it might not happen. But the sense that I get is is it's something that um, uh, is probably going to happen at some point. Now, the thing with Marcus is, uh, I don't know if it's necessary that he that he's there day one of camp, uh, maybe a little bit further down. Uh, I think with with him, he knows how to get ready, um, and and really, it's it's just about making sure that his legs are going to be able to get him through the season. Uh, that's really the only concern. Um, what, how much gas does he have left in that tank and why um, you know, uh, uh, use any of it in training camp when he really doesn't need to? No, that makes a lot of sense. He's a veteran. He's been there, done that. He's also a guy that gets his hands on the ball. But the thing that I have, and the kind of not hang-up, but when I think about Marcus Peters being added to the mix, he's one outside corner. So that means there's one outside corner spot left. How does that competition shake out? Who do you think is the leader in the clubhouse for that other spot? Well, I think Nate Hobbs, um, you know, gets probably the first crack at the other perimeter um, uh, cornerback position. And I think that, you know, guys like Jacorian Bennett, Duke Shelley, David Long now become your rotational guys. And, and we know that, you know, there's times where you've got four cornerbacks, you know, on, on the field, uh, five sometimes mm-hmm. with your slot guys. So uh, I think there's there's – it, it, if, if Marcus Peters is still, you know, some semblance of him and gives them an upgrade, then that improves your depth behind him, um, you know, and, and having those guys become role players. Uh, uh, Jacorian Bennett, I'm sure that, you know, his, his you know, best days are probably ahead of him, probably some starting days uh, ahead of him, but maybe not right off the bat and where he can come in and, and, and play that kind of a role. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's a good problem to have, right? It's, uh, if, if, if Marcus Peters is Marcus Peters and you hope that Nate Hobbs is back on the right track and see who that slot cornerback is going to be, uh, and then you're going to have some, what, what could be some pretty decent depth back there. You know, we've had plenty of people on talking about the rookie class, talking about guys in, in, in particular. And when we were talking about Jacorian Bennett, it was suggested that he would be a slot corner. Do you see him competing in the slot, or is he strictly outside? I, I mean, right now it looks more outside, but, you know, I guess, I guess anything can happen. You know, here's a guy that has a lot of speed. Uh, he, he's got some length to him. We saw that uh, in OTAs and, and minicamp. And what I really like, and, and you add him with Christopher Smith, you know, the, the safety, uh, you're talking about guys that had 11 interceptions between them the last couple of years in, their, in college. I know it's college, mm-hmm. so I have to translate to the NFL, and they got their hands on 35, 34 balls over the last couple of years. Uh, cue how many times have we talked about it, standing right. on the sidelines yep. <laughs> during training camp and minicamp and OTAs about the importance of the Raiders coming up and making plays, coming up with a ball, uh, and at the very least getting your hand on the ball and knocking it down, uh, making sure the other guy doesn't get it. So uh, at least that's, that's something that they bring to the table in that rookie class, uh, and if it translates, you know, obviously that's going to that's gonna help the secondary. No, it absolutely will, will. There's no doubt about it. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate on Radio Nation Radio at 920 as well. Today we know that the rookies, they reported to camp, and the veterans will report on the 25th. The first day of practice will be out there for on the 26th. But the question I threw out to Raider Nation is, what rookie intrigues you the most? Who do you think could help contribute to the Raiders uh, sooner rather than later? Ooh, man, uh, I, I really think, Q, they, they need Tyree Wilson to, to contribute really early. Um, I, like I feel like Michael Mayer is going to find his way pretty early, um, you know, w- one way or another. Whether it's to start off in, in combination with with Austin Hooper, um, he's going to be able to bring something to the blocking game. Uh, he did that at Notre Dame. He's also, you know, he's kind of he's kind of mature behind his years. So I feel like I almost look at him. 
he is a rookie, but maybe not necessarily looking at him as a normal rookie. I think he's going to find his way. But I think the Raiders have got to get something immediately out of Tyree Wilson, and that's obviously assuming that he's going to be healthy and ready to go uh, to start the season. That's kind of what we're all written word uh, on, on right now. But they need to create more of a pass rush, all the more and all the better if Chandler Jones uh, shows up you know, ready to go, too. And then all of a sudden now on that side of the football opposite, Max, you have two guys that you might be able to count on, and then at times – all three of them are going to be on the field together trying to get uh, uh, pass rush. I think, I think if the Raiders can get that going up front, it really does help everything else behind them. So for me, um, I, I think that it's imperative that Tyree Wilson shows up ready to go and is able to uh, contribute at a, at, a, at a fairly high level uh, right off the bat. Chris Smith was one of the guys I was intrigued by. Michael Mayer, you mentioned him. But I really, I'm also intrigued by Byron Young, the third-round pick out of Alabama, just because he's had so much game that he's played, right? Played so many games in college. He used a, took advantage of that COVID year. But he was able to get to the quarterback last year, where normally he's just a run stuffer. Uh, how, what kind of you know, competition do you think that Young will provide in camp and really kind of tighten up that defensive tackle rotation? Yeah, I agree with you, and I, and I, and I wrote about him uh, today. In terms of, you know, you, you watch the film and, and uh, you feel like he's probably going to be able to, uh, to provide some run relief early on. Um, he's, he's done that at, at a pretty high level at, uh, at Alabama. So I think that he's got that going for him right to start off with. But as you mentioned, last year the thing that he did and what really pushed him up uh, in terms of the eyes of the NFL was that he started to really come along as a uh, pass rusher, and, and he would tell you that part of that was just getting the opportunity. You know, when you're playing at Alabama and you're a young player, you're probably going to be sharing time, um, you know, almost whatever position that you play, and you have to wait your turn, whether you're a running back or a wide receiver, a quarterback, you know. Um, yeah. so, so part of it is, is just kind of being unselfish and being a role player early on, and then you'll get your opportunity to get more snaps and more opportunities um, in, in certain situations. That was what, that's what happened to him last year. Uh, and he really turned it on a little bit as a as a pass rusher. And for him um, to go beyond just being a rotational player to be a, a somebody that the Raiders can really count on as a starter, that's what he needs to provide uh, and show is that he could be a consistent pass rusher. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're not looking for a 10-11 sacks from him, but just being able to collapse the middle, just being able to get some pressure on the quarterback and maybe get four or five sacks uh, a season. Does it look like, is there a possibility, I think is the better way to phrase it, is it a possibility that the Raiders' defensive line from the edge rushers to the defensive tackles has gone from being a pretty suspect room to could, could possibly the, the strength of the Raiders' defense? I don't think there's any question about it. And you look at what they've, um, how, they've, how they've addressed that position. Uh, it's completely turned over, Q, from just a couple of years ago. You know? And, and I, you know, I, think, I think the way they've gone about it in terms of uh, using you know, quite a few draft picks now on the defensive line, and you start looking about, uh, at, at how many players they have under contractual control you know, for the next three years, let's say, when you throw in Max Crosby, who's still just 26 years old himself, mm -hmm. you know, and then so on and so forth with Tyree, with Byron, with, Nick, uh, with Neil Farrell, with Matthew Butler, um, you know, uh, so, so they've got some, some players that they can start building with. And it's all predicated, obviously, on these guys hitting and, and playing well. But right. if they do, then yes, that, that defensive line really turns into a strength because, like, you can – it's not a stretch. Like, we're not talking, I don't think, um, you know, out of our ear to say, gosh, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson, if guys just kind of play the way they are capable of playing – Shouldn't they be able to create some pressure off of the edge? Those are two, three right. players that 
two have proven it at a high level, level with Max Crosby. One, um, if you watch the college tape and, and look at him, uh, he looks like he's a, you know, kind of a prototypical pass rush defensive end in the NFL, and that's Tyree Wilson. So, uh, and then some of the other younger players. One guy that we haven't talked about a whole lot who I think can, can provide a nice little uh, lift in, in some role-playing uh, is Jerry Tillery. You know, when he came onto the scene last year, you felt his presence. You know, yeah. I know the wrong way against the Los Angeles Rams, but you take that out of it. Right. Um, he was pretty decent uh, after coming aboard last year. And I'm not going to say he's a star player. He might not even be a starter, um, you know, because of his run defic- deficiencies. But this is such a passing league that you put him on the field with everyone else that we've mentioned. Um, he might be able to find his opportunities because one thing that he has a knack for, uh, that's getting to the quarterback. Yeah, and he's got that nasty to him, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. what you want. He's got that nasty. He's got to find a way to make sure he's not getting any dumb penalties or, or hurting the team, but providing that nasty is, is, is never a bad thing. So he could end up being uh, a guy that's in a in, in a nice part of that rotation. Again, Vinny Bonsignores, our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. We're at the Cox Pavilion right now. Slam ball, little actions going on, little uh, uh, what is it, exhibition style as the season gets underway tomorrow. But as we roll on with Vinny, I did want to ask, last year there was four guys that were undrafted free agents that made the 53-man roster. How do you look at the undrafted free agents right now, in particular uh, a guy like uh, Drake Thomas, the linebacker out of NC State, of course McClendon Curtis, uh, D- Dalton Wagner, the offensive linemen that were signed immediately after the draft. How do you look at some of those undrafted free agents? Yeah, um, and you, know, you watch the tape of all those guys that you just mentioned, uh, and there's something there. Um, McClendon uh, uh, in, on, in particular, and I thought he looked really good during OTAs and, and minicamp, and uh, I feel like he has a chance to stick on the 53. Um, you know, I think uh, 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 the, the tackle that you talked about uh, from, from Arkansas, I think he's kind of a candidate to be a practice squad player. Uh, okay. He's huge, yeah. and I don't think he's, you know, a lot of teams have those types of players, so I don't think there's a lot of risk you know, um, releasing him at the end of the season, at the end of training camp, and bringing him back on the practice squad, uh, and then Thomas Drake. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I'm trying to say this as nicely as possible, but he just stood on the wrong line and went up in heaven when he was getting all his skills and heights <laughs> and all that, because he didn't get on the line with the height and the size. Because you watch him play, right? <laughs> yeah, he can play football, right? Right. He can play football. He just, he's just, you know, when it comes to the stature, when it comes to the height, when it comes to the weight, again, he stood on the wrong line up there, uh, as many of us did. But, but he, that guy can play, so I would keep my eye on him. And, and if there's a position uh, on this team that, that, you know, doesn't have a whole lot on the bone as we go into uh, training camp, it would be linebacker. So there's, there's an opportunity for him, uh, not just to be somebody that's in the building when it all, uh, you know, is said and done, but somebody that could be on the 53-man roster, too. There's a lot of people that are talking about him right now, and really, I, honestly, that's how he got on my radar, right? I'm not going to say that I came you know, into the draft saying, hey, that's going to be the dude, that's going to be the dude, but there's been so many people that have been talking about him. He's one of the guys that I said when camp opens up, I'll definitely be paying attention to see what he's able to do. And, you know, looking at the linebacking room, Vinny, Diablo, Spillane, uh, obviously we just mentioned uh, Thomas. There, there's a couple other cats that could be involved in the mix there. Masterson from a year ago, Butler. Who do you think steps up in that linebacking room, really take charge? Do, would you put it on Diablo, or would you put it somewhere else? I think, um, yeah, here, here's what I would say. I think, I think Diablo, of all, those, of all the guys that, that, that we've talked about, I think he's the one guy um, that, that you know, has the best um, opportunity to be able to be the guy that's on the field 
all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, passing downs, running downs. You know, I think I think a guy like Luke, uh, who I like a lot, and I think he's going to uh, be, um, you know, a, a prominent player, um, and Spillane as well. But I don't know if those two are able to be the kind of guys that you need them to be in, in pass coverage. Whereas, whereas Divine, he should be able to do that. I mean, he's got the necessary traits. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be somebody that uh, should be able to be reliable in the pass game, and I, I really think that that's why that's one of the reasons why they're they're kind of teaching them up and coaching them up to to have the green dot because they're probably figuring on the fact that hey he might be out there three downs uh, you know as a three down linebacker so they need to make sure that he's going to be able to handle that responsibility if it's him and not Spillane because I have a feeling um, you know I know you're going to we're going to see a lot of three linebacker sets some two linebacker sets. Uh, but, I, but I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of one linebacker sets, whether it's an mm. extra, extra cornerback yeah. uh, or going to that three safety look, uh, which I think they really like uh, as, as well. Um, you, uh, you're going to see guys out coming off the field at that position, but you still need that one guy. And I think that that's, I think Devine's in the best position to be that guy. Again, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. We'll close out with this. We know the situation with Josh Jacobs. We know that he hasn't signed his franchise tag. I'm assuming at some point he's going to show up before week one so he doesn't miss out on any game checks. But I want to ask you about Zamir White. You know, what do you think about the opportunity he has in training camp and preseason to kind of show who he potentially could be? Yeah, and, you know, here's what's interesting about Zamir White. He and, he and Josh kind of had similar paths in college. Um, you know, they, were, they went to teams that were stacked teams, Georgia mm-hmm. for Zamir White, you know, obviously Alabama uh, for, for Josh. And there was a lot of talent around them on great teams. So neither one of them was really ever the guy um, at their school. So, um, so, so, you know, they shared the load. But when you look at Zamir White's career at Georgia, he had some pretty decent years. He had better years at Georgia, you know, statistically than, than Josh had at Alabama. And I'm not saying that he's better than Josh or anything right. like that. But there's something there with him. He's a pretty, t- he's a talented running back. To do what he did at Georgia and to have the numbers that he had at Georgia, uh, and to be drafted where he was, um, which is you know a, a good spot now for running backs. There's something there. So I wouldn't be shocked if uh, when we see him in training camp, when we see him in the preseason, you know he's he's being a productive uh, player. Now all that said, I think the Raiders really need Josh uh, to come back. I think he is going to come back for the reason that you just mentioned. No reason for him to make any kind of a stand and cost himself some money on it, on something that's not going to be able to get resolved anyway until the end of the year uh, when they sit back down and start talking about another, another contract. So um, I think Josh comes back, but I also think they want to see some more of Zamir White. And I think that even with Josh back, you're probably going to see more of, of, of Zamir because at some point they probably have to start planning for the possibility of not having Josh Jacobs. Also, I think it's, it, it's, it's almost a better situation when you have multiple guys that mm-hmm. you can kind of count on there and, and help get Josh through a season healthy later in, in games, later on in the season. So uh, for a lot of reasons, you know, I think that Zamir White is going to be somebody uh, to keep an eye on this year. Yeah, I'm interested. I really am. And, and again, I mean, look, he's a fourth-round pick, so he's only got a four-year deal. You know, he's already going to year two, <laughs> right? Right, so, exactly. <laughs> you know, you got to – They didn't dra- – they, they traded up to get him. They didn't draft him just to have him sit over there and watch. At some point, he's going to have to get on the field. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Well, again, uh, Vinny Bonsignor is our guest here. We definitely appreciate Vinny and your piece that you put out on the RJ Today. Day one for the Raiders, nine-player rookie draft class begins today. It's a group that needs to deliver, and in some cases ASAP, in order to get the Raiders headed in the right direction. The latest on the class, the Raiders need to hit big. Again, that's in the Review Journal. You can check it out. Vinny, man, thanks so much for your time. Definitely appreciate you, brother. I appreciate it, man. And by the way, 
slam slam ball uh, takes yeah. me way back. Then. <laughs> right, way right. Back. I, I was on the set of Slam Ball back in the day in the, in the what was it early two thousands basically. Yeah, yeah. In, wow, in Hollywood. So I saw some of those uh, get filmed and some good friends that are part of that, and uh, I wish them all the luck in the world. Yeah, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just checking out the exhibitions right now and, you know, the final little run-through before the season gets started tomorrow. But uh, this looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, man. These guys don't play. This is good. So no, Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> All right, my man. Well, thank you so much, Vinny. All right, you got it, man. Take care. Uh, all right, later. Appreciate you. Vinny Bonsignor right there. There you go. Going back with Slam Ball. And Slam Ball has been around for a long time. It went away, but it's back. I see a couple folks from the TV station are starting to roll in and, you know, want to get a little bit of action, maybe see something on the news tonight here locally. So that's cool. But uh, we've been holding it down since 930 this morning, I'm just going to say. You know, we've just been holding it down, and that's what we're going to do. But uh, this this is a lot of fun here at the Cox Pavilion, UNLVTickets.com, uh, Slam Ball. You want to get your tickets. Everything gets underway this upcoming weekend. It's going to be a lot of games and a lot of action to check out, and this is some fun stuff. So they're about to get another game underway. They're wrapping up a practice session right now. 2.48 is the time. We'll get back to your calls and your texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here at the Cox Pavilion, checking out Slam Ball, a little final run through, a little exhibitions going on right now as they get prepared for tomorrow when the season gets underway. A lot of good action going to be on here. And I just, I'm so impressed to the fact that Summer League was going on here just a few days ago. And now the floor is completely transformed so they can have these trampolines in the floor so they can sky. And when I say sky, they are skying and dunking and blocking and shooting and just, I mean, this is, this is again, high flying is all I can really say, the best way to describe this slam ball action that I've been paying attention to and I've been seeing here uh, all day long and will be continue to be here throughout the course of the show. We get this show wrapped up today about 3.45-ish. Uh, because we have Aviators baseball, and, of course, it's uh, a doubleheader today as they got rained out yesterday. So, uh, unfortunately, our show will get cut a little bit short, but sometimes that's how it is, and I'd rather it get cut short on a day like today as opposed to during the regular season, <laughs> right? Or when uh, once the training camp is really opened up and everything's going on, uh, I'd hate to have to uh, miss some time. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's better to have a rain out and, and make up on a day like today as opposed to once the season or, or even training camp really gets rolling so uh, the rookies did report to camp today we threw the question out there on the don't be broke.com text line at 69187 keyword rnr uh, what rookies are you most intrigued by excited to see how they develop think that they could even contribute sooner rather than later for the silver and black and we just finished talking to Vinny bonsignor who put out a really good piece about the rookies and uh, he kind of went in some good detail we had a question about jacorian bennett from our don't be broke.com text line and from Vinny's point of view, he sounds like that uh, Jacorian's an outside corner as well. I thought he was the outside corner, but when we had E.J. Snyder on talking about and breaking down the offseason moves that the Raiders have made, he was talking about Jacorian Bennett in the slot. So we'll see. We'll know sooner rather than later where he's lining up and where he's playing once we get out there on the 26th and start to see these practices. Sir Whiskey Ray hit a sub and said, Q, to this day all I think about is Donkey when I play basketball. When Kayla and I played on one hoops of my Nerf rim last night, she posterized me. I took the longest cold shower afterwards as I was crying. He said, sincerely, Damon. That is funny. Damon catches strays, especially when basketball is involved because, well, he's made up so many stories about his basketball skills, and, well, we all know 
he has none. But we're here. We're having a good time. If you have anything you want to contribute to the show, 69187, keyword r Or if you have a question for our next guest, you can hit us up and hit, hit me with your question, and we'll pass it along as well. John McClain from Sports Radio 610, the Hall of Famer. He'll join us next. We'll talk all things NFL. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.